There's a couple of uh, things that I love. I mean, I, I love to preach on all of it, but there, there's two things that stir me up when I preach from God's Word, and, and one of them is about God's grace. I just don't think that I can ever uncover the magnitude of God's grace in any one sermon or any one series. Um, I think I preached a series that was probably eight messages long or something on grace. And when I was done, I felt like I'd done it injustice because I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to explore it enough or the way that I thought that I needed to in order for other people to, to understand or grasp the idea that the same grace that was allotted to me was allotted to you. None of us in here operate on a different level of grace. You have to believe that. We, we all have the same level of grace. Now, we're all issued a measure of faith, but we all have the same level of grace because nothing that we have has been given to us lest it came through the cross of Christ. And so by his death, burial, and resurrection, now we all have the ability to move on forward and upward in Christ. The Bible encourages us to grow every day in Christ, in the knowledge of God. And how do you gain knowledge of something? You experience it. I mean, you can read about it and you can study about it, but I promise you the knowledge that you get through experience is far greater and seats better through experience than what you do through reading. Um, so I encourage you to, instead of this year, we, we talked about 2023, making 2023 a year, making it the year for you. Stop waiting. We, we all have our, um, our loose-lipped um, What do y'all call those? Yeah. So you must know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> we all have those loose lip resolutions that we make at the end of one year to walk us into the following year. It makes us feel good, doesn't it? That to know I'm going to go on a diet. That's a lie. Ask me how I know. It might hang on for a day or two, Miss Pat, but after a while, the chocolate looks too good to pass up. The banana pudding. So what I want to encourage you to do is don't just come to church to hear about God. Don't just read scripture because you've been taught that is what you're supposed to do. And, and you have to do that. And you need to do a daily devotion. And if you're not, you're going to hell. Any, anytime we're pressed into something like that and we go through it, most most times, more often than not, we're just filling in, and that's all we're doing. Well, I got to check that box off today, and I had to read that devotion. That took me 15 minutes to get my day started. I had to do that, because if I don't, I got a guilt trip on my back all day about that, you know, I'm going to go to hell. I want to encourage you to experience God. Well, pastor, how do I do that? Don't just read the word. Don't just read scripture. I tell people, don't just read it. Read it. That means put yourself in it. That's right. 
Because everything that was written beforehand was for our learning. And there was a, there was a thing that I heard the other day. They were talking about, um, matter of fact, I think it was Lisa talking to me yesterday when I went up to visit David. But they were talking about, uh, maybe it was Sid Roth or something. I can't remember. Um, but they were, they were talking about how he, it was Sid Roth. And he had talked to a guy, and he was wanting to know about this Jesus thing. And, you know, and he, he, uh, he asked him if he was a Christian. And he said, yeah. And he said, well, I kind of figured that he wasn't. A lot of people say I'm Christian, but they don't. Well, never mind. But he said, I kind of figured that he wasn't. So I asked him if he's ever read the Bible. And he said, well, yeah. He said, well, tell me about it. He said, I didn't like it. Do you know that I've read the Bible sometime and I didn't like it? Because God pointed something out to me and said, you need to change this. I don't want him telling me what I need to change. I've had to grow into loving the word and I still struggle. Because there's things in there that smack me in the mouth that I don't want to give in to right yet. I know y'all don't have those problems. It's just me, and I get it. I'm stubborn and hard-headed. But the way that we gain knowledge of God is by reading his word and putting ourselves in there and applying faith to it. If God says that everything that you lay hands to will prosper, then you have to put yourself in there. You have to say that everything that I lay my hands to will prosper because that's what God told me. Everywhere my feet will trod, he will give to me. I've got to put my faith to that. I'm delivered. I'm no longer in bondage. I've got to put my feet and hands to that. I've got to live out the promise. No matter, the the Bible says that even when we pray, we must believe that we have received. That means we've got to believe that we already have it. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? I mean, it's hard for me. I mean, there's sometimes I want certain things in my life to, to transpire, and, and I truly believe that God has given me that promise in his word, and I know for certain it's mine, Charlie. But when I don't see it immediately, the first thing that my flesh wants to start doing is rebelling against So we've got to find a way how we can take God's grace and make it a reality in our life. And this morning we're going to talk about challenged faith. Because I've got to challenge your faith. God has to challenge our faith. You know, the Bible even tells us that it's impossible to please God without it. And we we can't go around with this, uh, this simplistic idea that faith is a belief. It's more than just a belief system. And we've got to understand this thing called faith. What is it that we do with this thing called faith? How is it that I can take what God has for me in the abstract, which is a promise, and make it concrete in my life? How do we do that? First, we have to know it's available. Second, we have to know how to get it. Faith without works is dead. 
that's basically is just saying that you can believe all day long, but if you don't apply what you believe, a lot of people say they're Christian, but they don't do anything to show the love of Christ. How can you be Christian? I ain't got to my notes yet. But how can, how can you be Christian if you can't show the love of Christ? How does that even work? It's not possible. Matter of fact, it's impossible. Because God said, if you can't love, if you can't love your brother, the love of God's not in you. If the love of God's not in you, that means you're not a Christian. You're not a Christ follower. Because anyone that's except Christ has now been accepted into the beloved. We are now adopted and sealed by the Holy Spirit. So now we are, I know it was a derogatory statement back in the day, but Christians. I'd much like to consider myself a disciple because a Christian just follows the group. A disciple tries to lead it. Fathers, husbands, you should be disciples in your home. You can, get, you can get people quiet in church. All you have to do is apply word to their life and they clam up. Because they don't want to change. I'm okay where I'm at. And in the meantime, you're struggling. In the meantime, you go home and, and you sit in the corners of your house and you sit in the corners of your own darkness in life and you weep about not being able to gain traction. Every time you turn the motor on, something happens. The valves start ticking. The wheels start spinning. Nothing gains traction in your life. And you're wondering why. And it's because you refuse to change. That's what repentance is. Change. It's not fun. It's not easy. And it doesn't come without pain. But change. I encourage you this morning to change. You need to tell yourself this morning, hey, you, change. What you've been doing hasn't been working. Change. What you want in life is not going to come by way of U.S. air. Change. And God has given you the grace to do it. But are you willing to apply God's grace to your life? To be able to experience that promise in your life. This morning wasn't a good morning for new visitors. Probably wasn't a good morning for some of those that come all the time. Because there goes pastor talking about change again. See, we, we talked Wednesday night about the change around the corner and, 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 and the hopes and the hopes that we have, because you know that you can't have faith without hope. Because faith is the evidence of things. So when we talk about the change and what is, what is about to transpire and what we are putting our hands and our feet to. We can talk about it all day, Miss Pat, but unless we step out and go after it, unless we believe and we take that belief system and push it deep down inside to where it becomes an action, 
we may never see it. So I want to encourage you this morning. My whole, my whole address this morning is to encourage you to change by faith. Not, not just your superficial change. Don't just wear suits to church and think everything's good. Don't y'all know God can see through your suit and ties and your pretty little earrings and your dresses? He can see right through that. You got your Bibles? Let's go. Y'all ready? You ready? I'm not even, I need to get y'all fired up. You need to be excited about the grace of God in your life. And you need to be excited about the faith which grace empowers you to walk out. You, you have to be excited about stuff like that. You can't sit dormant the rest of your life. Eventually, you got to get up and go to work. Anybody want to make more money this year? Go to work. I used to tell people all the time, they come to me in the car, but I want to raise. I said, sell another car. You want another raise? Work some overtime. Hebrews 11, verse 7. This is coming out of the message. It says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned. The Bible says he was warned. He was warned about something. That he couldn't see. And acted on what he was told. The result. His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line. Between the evil of the unbelieving world. And the righteousness. Of the believing world. As a result. Noah became intimate with God. You want to get to know God? Draw a sharp line. Uh-oh. Between the unrighteousness of the world and the righteousness of God. We talked about faith and grace being brothers. Without, without having faith, grace is just a gift. It would be, it would be like someone, someone went to Kohl's and bought you something. And it's there for you to go pick up, but you never go. See, I can get in some of y'all's women's head. I don't want to live there, but I can get in there sometime. But am I right? I can go and, and lay something away for you, go and buy you whatever it is that you've been dreaming of. Go and buy it and tell you to go to the store and pick it up. And if you do not apply yourself to go, you'll never make it a reality in your life. Oh, it's great to talk about what you have wished for. Yes. It's horrible to talk about what you never went and received. 
This is the same thing with God. God God has given you grace. He says it's yours. Boy, the preacher's really stepping over the edge this morning. Now he's going to be one of them blab it and grab it people. No, I'm not blabbing and grabbing it. I'm saying blab it and work for it. Go to it. If he promised it and it's mine, I'm going. Any of you ever wished for a house and never got a job? (laughs) Wished for a wife, but you could never become a husband? The grace is there for you to have that. But the lack of your faith will cause it to just be an imagination. We're going to find out how Noah done this. I mean, we're talking about a man that's 500 years of age. He's lit. Okay. He has lived for 500 years. And he's never seen such a thing as rain. 500 years. Now, you're not going to come to me. I could be married to my wife for 30 years, going on 31 this year. And somebody could come to me and try to change my mind about something about her in a day. You know how complicated that's going to be for you? You're going to waste a lot of your time. Because I already know. Noah's 500 years in. On this game. Never seen it rain. And now God going to show up. And have the audacity. To tell a man that's never seen something. That rains are coming. I mean that's that's bad enough. In and of itself. And Noah was. Gotta watch how I say what I thought he was. He was just crazy enough. To believe. That rain was coming. So much so that he decided to do what he was told to do. You can see it coming and God tell you about it and you still don't do nothing about it. Can we have church? Can we have, can we have Wednesday night prick your side church on a Sunday morning? Because we hang out. The Bible said that he was warned. I wonder how many of us are setting in a season of warning. And doing nothing about it. Because after all we don't see it. Oh, wait a minute. That could never happen to me. My kids would never do that. 
Come on, I'm trying to bring it home to you because a lot of us, we, we've lived that. I mean, we, we have compassion for other people that are going through circumstance in their life. We have com- it's not that we're ignoring them, but, but the way that we have compassion is based on, man, I really feel sorry for them. Do you? Because in the back of your mind, that never happened to me. When you stand beside people, when you talk to them and they're experiencing cancer in their life and the words that come out of their mouth is, I never thought this would happen to me. Or they would lose a loved one and they would go, I never really thought it would ever be this close to home. See, God might be talking to somebody this morning and warning you of a storm that may be on the horizon. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And can I tell you that you will never be storm-proof? Everybody sitting in here under the sound of my voice and even online, you will experience a storm in your life. Now, what you're able to do with that storm when it's there It's going to be totally reliant upon following the instructions that God has forewarned you of prior to getting there. See, we might think that the small arguments that we're having in our home, that's the storm. That's really not the storm. All that argument is doing is training you up for what's to come. There's a bigger storm coming. And if I can get you to understand how to handle these things. If I can get you to be faithful in the small things. Faith is a deep-seated confidence in God and in His Word that moves us into action. That's what faith is. It's believing God enough that what He tells you will cause you to go into action. I wonder how many of us are really living by faith. Come on, church, I want to challenge you. I wonder how many of us are truly living by faith. How many of us are still living by sight? And we say we're living by faith. We're we're living, oh, we're living by faith until what you see doesn't line up with what you believe Now we turned our ideas around. We turned our lifestyle. Come on, we turned our lifestyles around because what we see right now isn't what we used to believe when God first spoke to us. And here is Noah, 500 years in the game. He's told to do something, and the Bible said that he done it. That he was warned, and it, one 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 translation said that that by his and it was through fear. This is the only passage in Scripture that actually lines up belief and fear both being good. He trusted God. It wasn't that he feared what was coming. 
it was actually what it really means is that he respected God's word. He respected what God said. He knew that there was a reverence that had to be placed on what God was telling him in order for him to get it through what he had to get through to be prepared for what God had already told him was on its way. Oh, it wasn't just a week. It was 120 years. Well, we get frustrated in three minutes. Come on, Charlie. We, we get agitated when the food ain't on the table. We know mama's cooking. She's been in there cooking for 30 minutes. Where is the food? We believe she's going to do it. She told us. But where's it at? You know, the, 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 Hebrew, the Hebrew rabbis, in, uh, according to their custom, this is what they said about Noah. This is pretty good, too. This is what they said about the account with Noah. Is that Noah, when he got the word from God that rain was coming and for him to build an ark, he planted trees. When Noah was told that rain was coming and to build an ark, he began planting trees. When Noah heard that rain was coming and he was to build an ark, he began to plant trees. How many of you know that a tree don't just Can you imagine? Come on, because we we can make excuses for ourselves in why we won't do what it is that God's asked us to do because we're impatient, number one. But God, I don't have the money to do that. Well, God, I don't have this. And God, I don't, and you know with what I've got, I just can't. And God, you know, you know that my knees ache and my head hurt. God, you know, all we do is make excuses. And Noah said, guess I better plant trees. I wonder, I wonder how many of us prepare for the promise. I wonder how many of us are willing to wait. I wonder how many of us are willing to put into action. Put into action to wait. That don't make sense. But the storm's coming. Some of you are sitting here. God's already warned you. He's warned you of a storm. See, we're always waiting for that now word from God that handles today. What if the majority of what God speaks to you is speaking to you about what's to come? 
I wonder how many of us go through the day and we don't hear God's voice because what we're hearing isn't what we're wanting to hear. And we say, that's not God. And we ignore it and move on. Y'all have ever done that? I say, I know that ain't God. And then it costs us. <laughs> uh-huh. I've been there and done that one. Faith is more than just a belief system. The, the, the Bible says that demons even believe. That's what Timothy says. James, sorry. I said Timothy, but James. Even the demons believe. Does that mean that they walk by faith? If we we categorize faith as a belief system, as most churches do, if we categorize faith as a belief system, that means that the demons Some of us have this thing about us that causes us to want to negotiate with God. Because it's got to fit, it's got to fit, it's got to fit in our little box. This is where all the real conservative people and the analytical people get nervous. They get, they get real tight when I start talking about this because if it doesn't fit in your little box, then number one, it can't be. Number two, it's got to be wrong. You, you, it's got to be this way and this way or it can't be anyway. Can I tell you that God's not interested in your little box? He wasn't interested in his box. That's why he wanted out of it. And we're trying to build him into our box now. That's why so many people have different Different ideas of who God is. Because they base it on their little box. Have you ever heard people say, well, I don't believe that God will. You better be careful. Don't, don't say what you think. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. We can't sit and say, well, I don't think you better know. And the last time I checked, God's not limited by boundaries. If time can't hold him. When's the last time you negotiated God? Come, please come on. Participate. When's the last time you negotiated God? Well, God, that just doesn't, I don't know that that fits in my life right now. God, you, you know I love you. You know I love, but Sundays and Wednesdays, It ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm not trying to throw condemnation. I'm just trying to give you some understanding because that's what you understand. See, when God says to walk by faith and not by sight, he meant it. Too many, too many times in my life, I'll pick on me for a minute. 
Too many times in my life, I've chose not to do certain things because it did not fit the appropriate time. I was held up in my faith because I looked at my circumstance I think I'm here this morning to tell you, tell somebody, you, you fill in the blank. You can put your name there. But you're going to have to stop using what was to dictate what's to come. Do you know how easy it would have been for Noah to look and go, 500 years. Yep, didn't see no rain. I don't think it's going to. God was preparing him. And Moses had enough respect and reverence for the word of God that he said, I better get started. Do you know if you went to his church last week, you know what Noah would have been preaching on? It's about to rain. If you'd have went 10 weeks from now, you know what Noah would have probably been preaching on? It's going to rain. If you would have hung around and went back 20 years later, 50 years later, 100, 115 years, you know what he would have been preaching about? Watch this parallel. How many times have you heard it preached? Christ is coming. Come on. Oh, come on, church. Watch, watch this. This, this. this will heighten your faith a little bit. You need to thank God that you had enough perseverance in you to keep believing it. Amen. Because a lot has fallen off. We haven't seen it. But do you have the faith to believe it? Not just that, yeah, I know, one day he's going to... I mean the faith. That means that, that, means that you're going to live each day as if Christ is coming. Have you done that? Have you lived each day of your life Showing your faith in the fact that Christ was coming. It's a lot to ask this morning, preacher. I mean, this is Sunday morning. It's cold outside. But can you imagine? Look at the people that didn't believe Noah, that mocked him and persecuted him. And then guess what? A hundred and twenty years later, the Bible said that God shut the door. Oh, we, we're still paralleling because we can walk right beside this. Do you know there's going to come a day when God's going to shut the door on you? 
See, you... Mm -mm. We have to be like Paul, Miss Pat, and be fully persuaded. And that means we have to believe it in such a manner that I'm not going to let what you say about me, what you say about me, I can talk to you bigger than I am, and what <laughs> you say about me, I, I'm not going to do that. I can't. Miss Linda, I can't afford to allow what words are spoken by man to cause me to detour from the word of God. I've got to respect the word of God. I've got to know that the word of God will stand. Numbers, Numbers talks about him. Numbers talks about him. He says, has he not spoke it? Will he not perform it? Has he not said it? Will it not come to pass? I used to love this example. God, God can't lie to us. Boy, isn't that awesome? I wish I had some friends that couldn't lie to me. I wish, shoot, I wish I had some family. They couldn't lie to me. What? What's wrong? I just, see, it's that judgmental Christian thing. They think that I'm judgmental. If God said I was wearing a blue shirt, guess what color it is? Do, do you believe God enough? Do you have what it's going to take in your faith to experience what God has graced you to experience? And I'm not talking about just, I've, I've, I've never really, I don't want to bring any of it to material things in your life. I mean, one of, one of our mottos of the church is ministering to body, soul, and spirit. So I have to minister to all three because God told me I had to. I used to think God didn't care how you felt. I used to preach it. I used to say, you have to get over yourself. And one day in prayer, it was one of those change moments. And God said, what do you mean? I don't care. Well, this is about faith. This is not about emotion. What do you mean I don't care? I'm an emotional God. What do you mean? What do you mean I don't care? Oh, I care. Did I not create man? I, yes, sir. Oh, I had to answer. Because Daddy was asking questions. He already knew the answers to. I said, yes, sir. He said, did I create them? Body, soul, and spirit. Yes, sir. Then if I created them body, soul, and spirit, I expect body, soul, and spirit to be ministered to. I said, yes, sir. So now I have to care about how you feel. <laughs> I still fight with that. <laughs> Let me move on so I don't get in trouble. Real faith challenges us to take God at his word and causes us to move forward into action. True faith causes you to push in all your chips. Can you imagine everything that Noah had on the line? Whether they believe or not, I'm building an ark. 
Because God said. Do you know how much your pastor and his wife has on the line? By trying to stand in front of you and saying God's doing something and that we're believing God. Oh, I'll put it on the airways today because you know Satan's coming anyway. It doesn't matter. It, it ain't a bigger storm. It's just a bigger victory. We're sitting here looking at 8,000 square feet wanting to go into 19,000 square feet. Well, that's not going to happen. I don't care. Practice the principle of shut up. If I hear God say go, I'm going. I know you're not going to agree. I know you're going to look at things. I know you're going to grab your box and you're going to go, well, the finances. I know you're going to do all of that. And I get it. I understand because I used to be there. But can I tell you where I'm not anymore? I don't walk by sight. I don't care what, what experience is taking place in my life. That doesn't keep me from moving forward into what God's calling me into. I don't look at my present circumstance and say, God, I can't because all things are possible for those who believe faith is only revealed in our willingness to act you can say you have faith all day but the moment that you set back in the moment that you take your hands from the plow you're saying you don't believe anymore Would y'all come to church this morning? <laughs> Gateway's a different. <laughs> Gateway Christian Ministries is a different platform than one church. I'm preparing you. Gateway Christian Ministries is going to provoke you to put your hands to the plow. Get your fingernails dirty. Roll your sleeves up. Yes. Sweat. See, that's what faith, faith, faith commands you to place sweat equity in the purposes of God. Because you believe it that much. Because you, you believe that there's, there has to be a move of God in Roanoke. And you've got to trust and believe that God is at the head of it. All we are are puppets. All I'm going to do is walk along with whatever he says. And Charlie, guess what? The weight's not on me. And no, I'm not going to make excuses for God. So don't come up to me and go say, well, why did God not? It ain't my problem. It's his. Take it to the Lord. Y'all keep on. I'll pile us in a car and I'll take us over there right now. We'll <laughs> preach right now. Faith doesn't mean that God does your work for you. You can't come in here and get excited for a moment and then go home saying that you're waiting on God. Can I tell you something this morning that might hurt your feelings? God has been waiting on you. Where do you fit in? Where are you willing to go to work? God has been calling on you. 
what have you done lately? Not what has God done for me lately? What have you done for the kingdom lately? What have you sacrificed? Where did you find inside of yourself to get up in the morning and go do something that you were uncomfortable doing knowing that it was going to help someone and that it was going to benefit the sake of the kingdom and the sake of Jesus' name? How many of us have ever woke up in the morning and say, today, God, I want to be inconvenienced. No, we say, today, God, I want to be used. And as soon as we're used, we can complain about being used I'm preaching the wrong church I probably am preaching the wrong church because most of you ready to put your hands to the plow. Most of you are willing to roll up your sleeves. Most of you are willing to go out and work up a sweat. Most of you are willing to do something that's going to benefit the kingdom and lessen you yes. and I get that I'm just trying to reignite your faith this morning. I want you to find something inside of you that causes you to stand up and move forward with something. Yes. Stop sitting in a, in a place of complacency. We have to move. Yes. You want God to act? Move. You want God to show up? Move. Kids aren't going to feed their self, Miss Pat. It's going to take us all. Single mothers, they, they don't have a way out unless we help them. There's some single mothers out there, God bless them, that are in positions and circumstances that they didn't ask for. They didn't want to be there, but they're there, and they haven't given up yet. They're still struggling, but they haven't stopped yet. They're still fighting, but they haven't quit yet. They need an Aaron and a her by God. We're going to raise up their arms. We're going to help them move along. I didn't say we was going to be a handout. We're going to be a hand up. We're going to give them responsibility. We're going to cause them to be accountable. But we're still going to offer them a way out. Or we can just sit in this little old comfortable church and make sure everything fits inside the pretty little box. I want to have to get up every day and go, God, if you don't, it's not going to happen. Charlie, ain't that what you're supposed to, Mike? I mean, if we're waking up in the morning and we're just praying, oh, happy day, happy day. And we don't ever give God opportunity. I'm tired of not giving God opportunity. Everybody keeps screaming and, and, and chanting and I want to see miracles and I want to see signs. And I, What are we doing? Are we allowing the opportunity? Or are we just coming and listen to Big Mouth? I'm talking about myself right now, not you. See? He was warned. I believe I was sent today to let someone know that you must turn from what was to what's to come.
You don't have to answer me. You don't have to raise your hand. But I, I need to ask you a question. How many of you are where you're at now because of what was? You're setting in life. You're setting in life angry. You're setting in life hurt. You're setting in life disappointed. You're setting in life with addictions. You're setting in life with pornography. You're setting in life with adultery. You're setting in life with things just because of what was, what was, what was, what used to happen to me, what I was brought up in, what I was exposed to, what I was, what I was, what I was. What about what you can be? What about what God is saying that you are now? What about God saying that you're the head and not the tail, that you're blessed going in and you're blessed coming out? You're blessed in the country. You're blessed. What about that promise? Where did that promise go? Whatever was, was. You can't change what was. You can't even change what is. But God can change what's to come. If you apply your faith. Boy, pastor screaming at people this morning. Got people mad. I told you there's a couple things I get excited about in the word, bro. One of them is grace and the other one's faith. God's made a way out for us. We have to go get it. And trust that if he said it's going to be done, it's going to be done. I don't know how, Mike, so please don't ask me. Well, Pastor, how are we going to pay for it? I don't know. You put your pen to the paper. No, I ain't put the pen to the paper. And I'm not going to. You know why? Because then I'm living by sight. I don't count the money here. Don't touch the money here. Well, Pastor, you think we can afford it? I don't know. But what I do know, grace is affording me an opportunity to do something for the kingdom. And that means I'm probably going to make you mad because I'm going. They're going to do what I want them to do. In the name of Jesus, you're going to do what I'm asking you to do. It's going to work out. It's all going to come together. And when it does, you go sit back and go, man, that pastor is crazy. (laughs) You want a pastor that won't move because of fear, or do you want a pastor that will move because of fear? Which one do you want? See, you have the opportunity to choose. I'm just choosing to move because of fear. Because I respect the words that he says. And there is something more. Guys, listen. 
I'm telling you, I had the biggest revelation that's come by my desk for a long time. Just not, it, it, ain't, it ain't been five, six months ago where God said, son, you're doing it wrong. You're trying to build ministries out of a church. Why don't you build a church out of ministries? And he went on to explain, people aren't going to allow me an opportunity to come and tell them, hey, you might want to change this or, you know, this would help you out tremendously. They're not going to, you're not going to let me come into your house and tell you anything about anything if you don't know who I am and what I'm about or if I even love you. But if you know that I love you and I'm in this game for you and I ain't going to let nobody hurt you regardless of what anybody else says or thinks. I'm not in this thing to hurt you. I'm in this thing to help you. And when I walk over or I come by and I say, hey, this is what I really think that you guys ought to do. And this is going to help you. This is going to benefit you. And don't you know that people will give you the platform to speak into their lives once they know that you care. But if all I'm going to do is stand up here and tell you the do's and the don'ts. I can't, I can't expose Jesus to you, but I'm going to expose the law to you. You're in the wrong church, baby. Run. I'm telling you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We're not bound Stop living in bondage. You're not bound. You're free. Who the Son sets free. I'll finish it for you. It's free indeed. Just making sure you know. Uh, I'm almost done. I'm on page three of my notes. We've only got seven pages, so we're okay. We'll be home before two. I have to be. I have a wedding at three. Hmm. You got lucky. We've already talked about it. We must set ourselves to have faith in what God is telling us and stop allowing the influence of past circumstances to detour us. We must stop looking at where we are at and begin looking at where he is calling us. We went over that too. See how quick this is going? Aren't you glad? Faith will cause us to trust the instructions. It's not so much about God telling Noah to build an ark. He told God how to build the ark. Come on now, see, you don't, you're, not, you're not understanding because you you're not reading your Bible, you're just reading past it. God told him how to build the ark. You're already talking to a man that don't even know what rain is. Now you tell him to build a boat. Now you're going to tell him how to build the boat. The sizes, the wood, the whole deal. You're going to tell him how to build. Now this man ain't seen rain. He don't even know if what you're telling him is going to work. But by God, he's got faith to believe. <laughs> How many of you have walked? You've done it anyway. You didn't know. You didn't know if it was going to work or not. A lot of you, that's how you got married. 
You didn't know if it was going to work or not, but you, by God, you was going to ask. <laughs> right? We, we, I'm, I'm going to ask. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I'm going to ask. And we did it. Sometimes it didn't. Do you stop? You stop believing God? You stop believing in yourself that you... Sooner or later, we have to get past what we see, what we feel, what we hear, what we think. And we've got to go back to God's word. What did God say about it? Because eventually, this is what Habakkuk says, eventually this is what's going to happen. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. See, God didn't, God told him rain was coming. The vision that Noah had was, it was, it was coming. He didn't know when, but he knew that it was coming. God had an appointed time. And here, here Noah is selling the vision. He's selling the vision to the people that rain is coming. And everybody's persecuting and making fun of him. And Noah didn't quit. Why? I think Noah might have knew a little bit about this. But at the end, it will speak. See, sometimes you're going to have to speak for yourself. Or sometimes you're going to have to speak for your vision. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm speaking the vision. I'm speaking for the vision. Sometimes you have to do that. But you know what? At the end, the vision will speak for itself. Some, some people are going to go, no, peace, crazy, out, gone. Boom. Yes, they will. But there's going to be others that go back and they're going to go, that's what he meant. See, you got to wait for the pretty picture. And that's fine. But this is how you grow in Christ. See, when you hear the word of the Lord... And then you experience the word of the Lord. It's easier the next time to believe the word of the Lord. There's going to be some people going to scratch their head and look back and go, I didn't think he's going to pull us off. I didn't. Oh, it's, it's going to blow your mind on the word. It's going to shake you up a little. It's going to overwhelm you. How do I know? It's already overwhelming me. I'm just, see, I'm living in the vision now. That's where I need to get you. See, you need to talk like you're in the vision now. What is that doing? That's preparing you for when the vision does come to pass. Well, Pastor, does that mean we're not going to get, I don't know. Listen. Yet for an appointed time. God knows I got an appointment in September. <laughs> and it's called out of here. I'm just crazy enough to believe him. Faith trusts the timing. Because we all give up too soon. Most of us miss breakthroughs in our life because we stop at the door. We stop at the threshold because we're tired. See, we, we all want to celebrate. <laughs> we all want to celebrate like the Israelites did at Jericho. We all want to celebrate on the last trumpet and the shout. 
Boy, pastor got me jacked up and excited this morning. Woo! And nothing ever becomes a reality in your life because you're not willing to go through the process. You're not willing to trust the time. There's seed, time, and harvest. Not everything's going to transpire like that. But you're going to have to trust God's timing. Are you willing to trust God's timing? And, I, and I, listen, okay, get off the other church for a minute because I need to talk to you personally. I need to talk to you about your homes, your family, your household, your relationships, your heart. Are you willing to continue to push through even knowing that your circumstance right now, Michelle, isn't everything that you want to see? Are you, are you that... Are you that I'm looking for a word and I don't like not being an English teacher. What would be the opposite of convinced? Somebody help me. Girl, you got you going like for two masters and stuff. You you better come up with an opposite word somewhere. What's school doing these days? Just giving you a piece of paper? What's the opposite of convinced? Are you that deterred? Boy, you. This boy's in school. Are you that deterred where it causes you to give up? Or do you have the perseverance? To withstand your present circumstances. That one day you just might experience the promise. But pastor, you don't know how hard it is, man. I've got hatred built up in my heart. Oh, yes, I do. I have hated some people in my life. Oh, I ain't joking. I hated this woman. I'm... I'm for real. I'm messing her hair up. Now she hates me. <laughs> hates so much I wish she'd have a car wreck. And she would die and the kids would be saved. I'm telling you the truth. I prayed it. Oh, but you're the pastor. Yes, I'm the pastor. And see, that's why I keep trying to tell you, I ain't nobody different than you. I just accepted the call, and I was crazy enough to believe that God said, and I was going to do it, and that was the end of it. So don't tell me, pastor, you don't understand the hatred that I do understand because my hatred was turned. The heart of stone was taken and turned to a heart of flesh. I began to understand how to love again. But pastor, I just can't seem to get by forgiveness. I understand. But I was able to figure out that it wasn't for them that I was forgiven. It was for me that I was forgiving them. It caused me to be free now. Pastor, you don't know. Stop. I mean, do I have to go down a whole list? Can we just stop at like two? We ain't got time to go down the whole list. 
Some of you trying to go to sleep. We've got to find a way that we apply our faith to God and to his words to the point we're willing to go to the barn and pull out that old plow, go out in the field and smack that old donkey and say, hook up, boy. Y'all don't know nothing about plowing fields with donkeys and I guess, all right, never mind, long analogy. Charlie, they don't understand that. They're used to that tiller and that big $100,000 tractor tugging a plow through. They're used to that. They ain't. I seen it when they looked at me. They went, plow, donkey, what are you talking about? wonder how many of us are willing to prepare for what we're about to build. Are we builders? Do we just want to walk into something that's ready-made? Doesn't it mean something more to you that you put your blood, sweat, and tears to and watched it come to fruition? God knows raising a family, buddy, you had to put more than blood, sweat, and tears. There was all kinds of blood, sweat, tears, money, time. What else is there? What else am I missing? I mean, come on. We put all of that into building a family. But see, here's the difference. There's a lot of people that don't even want to put that to it. And then they want to complain because their family's jacked up. You're not willing to build it. You want it just to come to pass? You have to apply. You can't keep sitting back waiting. If you want your children to be kind, you're going to have to put some time and effort. Don't. No, I'm not going to pick on him. We can't just hope they're going to be like their pop-up and their Gigi. You're going to have to put some time and effort to it. One day they'll get it, won't they? They, they, they figure it out after a while. you got to put time to it. Man, just because you set them in the corner one second don't mean they'll never do it again. God knows I put my kids over there 500 times in one day for the same thing and go. <laughs> Son, that's hot. Hot. Yeah, hot. That's what I meant by saying that's hot. Don't touch. God's looking for a people. I was reminded the other day that Gideon started with 3,000. Thanks for that, by the way. They know who it is if they're watching. 
Because can I tell you, there's times I look to and go, God, what are you thinking? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? <laughs> but are you willing to build? Are you willing to put your faith to? Not based, not, don't put your faith to what you see in the present. Put your faith to the vision of what's to come. Are you willing to do that? Because I'm not, not, look, I'm not ashamed to tell you, and I'm not scared, it's going to take work. You're not going to be able just to come in there and sit down in the youth group and have fun. You're going to have to build the youth group. Uh-oh. Hey, Dad, can we reconsider? <laughs> nope. <laughs> right? You can't just come over there and sit and hope that someone comes to you. You're going to have to go there bringing someone with you to help. We're going to have to reach out. I've made the statement, I don't care if we have one service in that sanctuary for six months. It doesn't bother me a bit. Y'all might come to go and hear a sermon preached on a Sunday, and the next thing you know, we're down there feeding 40 kids. And at the end of feeding those 40 kids, I'll say, amen, we'll see you next week. That was your sermon. Look, come on, is it, is it not time for the church to be the hands and feet of Christ? We were showed how to do it. We were given an example of how to do it. And somehow, some way, we turned it around. And we've made it a place to where people now can come to the door. And they can say, what do you have for me? When's the last time you walked into a church and said, what can I do today to help? Uh-oh. I bruised a toe somewhere. I felt it. For real. I'm telling you, Gateway Christian Ministries is going to be different. I preached a sermon on Do Different. I love that series. I love it so much. It come out of the book of Ruth, and I love it so much. I've been trying to write a book. Can any of y'all, can you write? You can write. You need to take all my sermons and write a book. I'll give you 50%. You'll have plenty of time. I've been wanting to put a book together for 10 years. But we're going to do different. People could go to church and go, hey, where's the choir? Oh, they're downstairs feeding the homeless. Are we having service? No, pastor's out back talking to a drug addict. He said today he won't be preaching. Oh, you liking it? Who's watching the front door? I don't know. They turned around and said, I'll be back. They locked it up. We looked out and there was a bag lady running up and down the road and they went after her. (laughs) By the way, can you grab the front door? (laughs) Guys, listen. 
There, there's a time in our life, man, that we have to say enough's enough with how the world's doing it. Why don't, why don't we do it like Jesus? Why don't we go out? Why don't we be a part? Why don't we make a difference? And I'm not talking about just feeding stomachs. We're going to feed body, soul, and spirit. But guess what? Oh, man, watch how this works. Watch how this works. You've been given gifts. The church has been given gifts. Five gifts. Apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, pastor, and a teacher. To teach you how to do the gospel. You like him where this is going? You ain't liking this at all, are you? <laughs> My job is to teach you how to do it, not to come in and fill your soul every Sunday. It's to come in to motivate you and give you principles and give you application to put to your life so that you can go outside these four walls rejuvenated and fueled up and do the works of the kingdom. Yes. Guess where we're heading? Right there. Yep. I mean, do you know how much pressure you put on me? To come in every Wednesday and every Sunday. And, you, and you're wanting me to feed you. Eggs are expensive. I don't know if y'all been paying attention. Price of food's going up. It's a lot of pressure. Because I'm going, God, I need a word for the people. Because I know they're wanting something. And that's why they're coming. And, blah, 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 blah. and then I'm all stressed out. And I got full of anxiety. And then y'all go, why is the pastor screaming? Because I'm twisted. But if I can teach you. How to do the kingdom? It's easier on me. It's easier on you. Because now you're not going out blind. And I'm not having to worry about if I've got the exact word. Because I go home disgusted sometimes. And go, everybody set just like this all Sunday. I mean, one sneezed and went. <laughs> I got excited. And I go, God, they didn't get it. I must not have given them what they needed. And then I'm depressed all week, trying to make up for it next week. I'm just telling you the truth. We're going to do something different. <laughs> and you're going to be uncomfortable. Because I'm going to ask you to do things that you don't normally do. Things that I haven't seen you do. Maybe the very thing that God says, hey, go ask her if she'll go pray for that person. Then we get, uh-oh. <laughs> Hi, here comes the preacher. <laughs> Either that or you'd be like in school, you push a guy out, you know what I mean? You, you push him out and put them in the front of the line and you make them... And the preacher goes, oh, so you want to do it. And you're sitting back there going, Shoo. got out of that one. I'm excited. I'm excited about the grace that's been afforded to me. And what excites me even more is God is letting me know, if I will put my hands to the plow, 
he will bring the abstract and make it concrete. And I'll be able to live in the fruits of my labor. And I want that so bad. I want to see people smile because we helped them. Not leave because I told them, don't you smoke that cigarette. You're going to go to hell. Make sure you read your devotion tomorrow. If I told you I didn't read my Bible a couple days a week, you'd probably freak, wouldn't you? I don't. What's your problem? If I went to your house, truth be known, you probably didn't open it up until Sunday. There, there's more than just reading the Word of God. There's times you have devotion with Him. Mine's not so joyful like that. Mine is pretty much all correction. When he and I talk, I get corrected a lot. So I try not to talk a whole lot to him. You good? I'm, I'm done. I'm finished with you.